Let's pray and ask the Lord to just be with us tonight, um, to be with uh, every word that we hear. Lord, we thank you for who you are. God, we pray tonight on this very special Christmas Eve, Lord, that you would be honored uh, all over the world. And God, primarily that you would be honored in our hearts tonight. We love you so much, and we're so grateful for what you have done for us. In Jesus' wonderful name, amen. You may be seated. We're going to talk about the Christmas story tonight. Everybody go, no way. I'm sure you're absolutely shocked. Uh, This story is taking place in uh, part of Luke chapter 1 and a large part of Luke chapter 2. The Christmas story never changes. Again, to our surprise, there's always Mary and there's always Joseph. I have never heard the Christmas story quite like we did earlier, so that was quite fun. But it's always taking place in Bethlehem. There's a baby. Uh, There's always angels and and Mary. You know, we know that they're not married and she ends up pregnant with a baby. And uh, there's always the baby in the manger and there's shepherds and there's angels. And uh, those parts of the story never change. And I got to tell you, um, as a daddy over the last few years, we get to go and watch a different uh, Christmas shows that my daughter is in. And then on Sunday morning here, we get to watch those as well. And I have to admit to you that um, there are many times that I graze over this story or sit through programs and I, and I watch the Christmas story. And I got to admit, and I've been quite guilty, that I've just kind of watched it mindless at times, honestly. Uh, especially by the third or fourth time you get to see that story during the Christmas season. You just kind of go through, oh, yay. And it's more about, weren't they so cute? Oh, did you see her? Did you see them trip when they walked off the stage? Oh, that was so great. What a wonderful night. And we think about all those things. But um, tonight, the title of our message tonight is called Christmas and Me. Christmas and Me. Here's why we titled that. Because this Christmas story is for you and it's for me. Um, we may think that this is our grandma's religion or great-grandma's religion or our mom's religion, and, and that's why we came to church, or that's, that's what Christmas is about. And for those of us who are believers in Christ, we understand what that's about. But if we don't, I want us to understand that the Christmas story is simply about you, and it's about I, and it's about the Savior. Let me give you a little bit of context of what's all going on in the world Um, as we get to this part in the Bible where we actually begin to read the Christmas story. Um, If you guys have read in Genesis, you see that uh, Adam and Eve, they sinned in the garden, and uh, death entered the world when sin entered the garden. Uh, We also understand that the world since that moment has been absolutely broken. Uh, People have been hurting since that time. Um, We also understand that this didn't all happen by God's surprise. It didn't take him by surprise at all. It was actually part of God's design. It was part of his plan. God wanted us to actually choose freely a relationship with him. Otherwise, he would have just made you and I as robots, and we just would have obeyed him like perfect little children. But God wanted us to choose him out of relationship. And so that's why he created you and I and humanity with a free will. A free will to do what? To choose him. And simply by choosing him, we're choosing to surrender our life, our personal desires, our wants for his desires and his wants. And in return, our devotion is solely unto God. And God, in turn, would also protect us. God would provide us, according to his will, the best life for us and for our families that this world has to offer you and I. So in the midst of this broken world... 
In the midst of burdens and concerns and all of the things that go on, we all understand all these things. We understand in the midst of all this, God is still on the, ro- on the throne. And even though people may have him in his heart, we also understand that good things happen to people and still bad things can happen to people while we're here on this earth. But as we read the Bible and we see the story of broken humanity and how frail they are, we got to understand a few things. And this picture that I'm painting for you, um, I want to remove the dramatics as we kind of fast forward into modern day. I want to remove some dramatics because the story is dramatic all in itself. Um, You know the dramatics because you've had them in your life. You have them amongst your family. But here's what life looks like without the story of Christmas. Before the birth of Jesus, and even still people today without Christ in their life, they're absolutely broken. Humanity is completely full of pride. We're concerned mostly about ourselves. We are full of lust for more. More what? More pleasure, more money, more power, more prominence. We're hungry and lusting after bigger platforms for our personal agendas, larger arenas, more social media followers so we can just get our word out there because it's so important because everyone has to hear what we have to say. This was all before the birth of Christ. And the, the super hopeless picture is simply that this, in the midst of all that, before Christ, there was no answer, no hope for the depravity of man. There was no hope for the brokenhearted. There's no hope for orphans. There is no hope for the fatherless or the motherless. There is no hope for the poor. There's no hope for the victims of sinful parents. There's no hope for the crush in spirit. And today, as we consider what our world is like today, we're all very aware. We're not blinded by the fact that racism still blinds us today from the beautiful relationships that God intends for you and I to have together with different cultures, different races, different skin colors. That was God's design. Politics play a role in dividing our homes and our governments and our countries. So in a world like this, before the Christmas story came on the scene, before the birth of Christ, the only promise humanity had was temporary happiness. Pastor talked a little bit about happiness last week. Temporary happiness was the only thing humanity had. And it came in the forms of celebrations, temporary happiness for my birthday, for whatever celebration or reason you're celebrating. It also came in the form of possibly gifts or maybe new things, new gadgets, It also came in the form of success or maybe the birth of a new child or new relationships, temporary happiness. But listen, folks, we got to understand that those things come and go just like the seasons of life do. And so does the temporary happiness that comes along with those. Saying that, this would leave humanity hopeless and broken with no hope at all. Now, it's probably not what you came this Christmas Eve to hear. You know, as I was typing this message out, I I actually wrote in the script, sorry for the doom and gloom story, but the truth is, as I wrote those words, I began to think to myself, you know what? I can't apologize for the doom and gloom part of this story, the grand story, the big story, because here's the deal. 
It's this entire story that makes the Christmas story so beautiful. It's, it's all of that depravity, all that weight, all, all the brokenness of the world that makes this story of Christmas so powerful. It's all of that darkness of the world that brings so much hope because of this Christmas story. The truth is that you and I, we are all fully aware of the pressures of this world. Why? Well, because we all feel them. We are all, as we sit here tonight, burdened down with different things weighing heavy on our hearts. Our souls even are burdened down with the struggles as we consider what we may carry and maybe our family members and our friends and our loved ones carry going into this Christmas season. And I want you to ponder for a moment the weight of these things. And as you ponder, I want you to think of this question What is weighing on my heart this Christmas Eve? Think about that. What is weighing on my heart this Christmas Eve? As we ponder these things, we are probably not thinking of the gigantic lists of gifts that we want tomorrow morning. We are probably not thinking about the fact that we've got a busted up car. We're probably not even thinking about the fact that maybe... Some folks are not quite sure where the money for groceries next week is coming from. We're probably thinking about people. We're probably thinking about family, our friends, our sons, our daughters, our spouses, our parents. We may be possibly thinking about this Christmas season, wondering about ourselves Years ago, I used to sit in services just like this, and I served the Lord with all my heart. And I'm considering where I'm at with the Lord right now, and I'm not where I used to be. You may be thinking about your loved family and friends who maybe are not serving the Lord during this Christmas season. So it's in the middle of all of this that this story of Jesus comes crashing into earth, like absolutely crashing The weight of the world, we will never know. We will know the weight of our world and our family, but we will never understand the magnitude of the burden of humanity that when Jesus came, he knew the burden that was going to be lifted off of mankind as he sent his son Jesus to the world. So it's with this heaviness that this beautiful, incredible story of Christmas enters planet Earth for you and I. What a great story! It's that way that makes it so absolutely beautiful. I want us to talk tonight about four common words that we hear around Christmas time. These are words that you see on billboards. These are words that are written in songs. Sermons are written about these. Poems are written with these words as main themes of all of these different things. And here are some of these words. And these words that we're going to talk about tonight are just gifts of Christmas to you and I. It's like God going, I have specially packaged some things because I've seen what has been weighing you down, and I've got some gifts for you. So as we talk about Christmas and me, the first gift that comes to us is the gift of good news. The Bible says in Luke 2 and 14, the angel said to them, don't be afraid. 
I bring you good. Sorry, I'm not as good as those kids. I'm sure, I'm sure as heck not as cute as them. And I'm just not even going to try it. I did and I failed. Don't be afraid. I bring you what? Somebody say good news. That will cause great joy for all the people. Listen, that's exactly what happened on the day that Jesus was born. In a dark world with clouds up above and no hope at all and no, no way for man to have the burdens lifted off of them, this thing that you and I called the good news came onto the scene. What a great story. How beautiful. Just when people thought it's all going to go wrong. We're all, and then especially for the real dramatic people, we're going up in flames. It's all going to crumble. In that moment, because we've all been there in our own personal lives, in that moment, the Bible says the good news showed up. Anybody ever had a hard day before? Anybody ever received good news when things weren't going so good? I'll tell you what. I've received checks in the mail. I don't know about you when things weren't going good for me financially. And just in that moment, when that good news, it's, man, how many would love some good news to show up in the mailbox? When that good news hit my mailbox, all of a sudden, my bad day became good. I don't know about you, but have you ever had some really tough things going on in the family? I mean tough. Have you ever had a good friend step into your life? and they talked you off the cliff. You were about to make a really unwise decision that was gonna affect your life and your family's life forever. But a friend came along. A friend came along and brought some good news to you, and these words came out of your mouth. I am so glad you called me today. I am so glad you texted me today. I needed some good news today because today didn't look so good for me. Listen, that is what the story of Jesus is for you and I. It's good news for us. The Bible says in Acts chapter 3 and verse 19, says, repent and turn to God. That's what happens when you and I, we receive this good news. We'll talk about that in a minute. But we return all of our attention to the Lord. And the Bible says when we actually receive that good news, that our sins are absolutely wiped away. And that times of refreshing are going to come from the Lord. How many of you can use some times of refreshing right now? How many of you, as you ponder your life and, and what's going on in your family and your job and the workplace and your children's life and, and just that whole dynamic all around you, how many of you know somebody that can use some of this good news that brings times of refreshing? I don't know about you, but, man, I know some people. And there was a time in my life where I needed some good news to bring some times of refreshing into my life. So it's with that plot, that dark world, that burden, lifted, that burden uh, loaded on humanity, that good news entered the world. And it's because of this good news that what was for you can simply just stay what was. And what is for you can be absolutely different. Then it can be refreshing because it's good. Listen, this is when God, the creator of the heavens and the earth, began a personal pursuit for you. He looked down at humanity and he saw the burden that you were going to be carrying here tonight. And he said, that's my son and that's my daughter. And I never intended them to walk through this life with those burdens but I also didn't want to force them to worship me. I want them to choose to worship me. And when you choose to worship me and turn your eyes on my good news, I'm going to bring times of refreshing and lift the burden off of you. And so when God looked at you 
on this night, he knew he put into pursuit over 2,000 years ago that little baby boy, his son, the son of God that was going to be born in a manger, that was going to burst onto the scene of the world, that was going to take away the burdens of your life because you needed some good news. I got to promise you today that good, this, 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 this good news that lifted the burdens of, of your life, it cannot be found in more money. I know you're probably thinking, uh, if, I just had a, if I could just get a raise or if I just got a bonus this year because I did it at Christmas time, things would have been a lot easier. The burden would have been lifted. Sure, it maybe would have been easier, but it would never, it would never solve that personal, that personal hole inside of every person that needs the good news that stays no matter how bad the bank account is. It's the good news that sticks around no matter how funky our world gets. That's the type of good news that I'm talking about. Listen, listen, a relationship with a new person will not fix what you need. It will not lift your burden. A new job, a, 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 new, a, a, new, uh, a new job title, those things won't do what the good news can do for you and I. The Bible says in Luke 10, the angel came to them and they said, don't be afraid, I bring you good news. A couple verses later, it says this in Luke uh, chapter 2, verse 14, glory to God in the highest. So the angels bring the news, this good news. And then the angels themselves, it's kind of interesting. It's like they just bust out in their own little praise party. They go, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace. I read that and I was like, man, I, I never... Man, I'm seeing the angel praise like crazy right here. I mean, when they saw this good news come and they declared it, they just busted out in their own little praise party. And honestly, right now, if we had a little B3, and those of you who don't know what that is, that's an that's a organ, that's a gospel, that's an old school gospel organ sound. And if there was a B3 behind me right now, I might be jumping up and down the steps, doing the high step as I think about what happened in my life when the good news encountered me. Or should I say when I encounter the good news? I don't know about you, but would you think about what your life was like before you encountered the news? I bet you you would be just like the angels that day, and you would probably say, glory to God in the highest. Listen, I bet when you think about all the prayers that you have been praying for your sons and for your daughters, or for your moms and your dads, or your grandma and pray, grandpa, all those nights you've been praying, Lord, I pray that one day that they would be introduced to the good news. I bet you that day that they walked down to the altar or stood in a church service and raised their hand and said, I want to repent for my life and I want to receive the good news. I bet you, you inside were doing just like the angels were. Your soul was probably going, glory to God. I'm so grateful for the good news. You changed my baby's life. You changed my son's life. You changed my daughter's life. You changed my grandparents' life. You changed my neighbor's life. This is good news that I'm talking about. This is the good news that forced the angels to praise inside them that said, glory to God in the highest. Listen, this ain't just like a nice little candlelight Christmas Eve service. This is the gospel of Jesus Christ that actually changes people. I love this. So they say, glory to God in the highest. And then they said this. Here's the, the little caveat in this story. My wife loves it when I use that word. She thinks I'm really smart. <laughs> it's like, it's like if, you, if you don't do this part, you can't have that part. That's what a caveat is in Sean's, in Sean's crazy mind. Here's what it is. It says, glory to God in the highest and peace, right? Peace on earth to those whom his favor rests. Here's the second thing that comes to us in this Christmas time. Peace. Peace. Peace comes to us. 
during this Christmas season. Peace. I don't know about you, but when I think of peace, you just say that word, peace. I'm nothing like Jesus. I could only imagine what he was like when he said, peace be still to the waves. When I consider and I think about what peace does, don't you want it as I just talk about it right now? Here's the caveat, though. The Bible says, peace on earth to those whom his favor rests. What the angels are saying that day, those of you who are burning down and by the heaviness of life and you're looking for good news, by the way, look no further. It's right here, and I got peace for you, but also... This peace is for those who surrender their lives to Jesus Christ. Favor has everything to do with an intimate face-to-face relationship with somebody. Favor happens. I've, I've spent more time staring into the eyes of my daughter and my wife and those that I love. They got my favor because I spent time with them in a relationship. Peace comes, this kind of peace that we're talking about comes when you have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And the angels were saying to the world, I know it's tough, but I bring you good news. And I don't bring it good news all alone. I bring some stuff, some more gifts with the good news. And that extra gift is the gift of peace. That's the gift I'm bringing to you. That peace is the son of God. It's that little baby in the manger. It's that Christmas story. Does anybody need any peace tonight? I'm telling you, as I consider my life, my world, the people that I love, I need some peace. I know some people that need some peace. Listen, when God began his pursuit for you, I don't know where you're at tonight. But his pursuit may have led him all the way to this night right now tonight. He may have traveled from the heavens to this thing called planet Earth all the way to this country called the United States of America. And he looked around for his hurt sons and daughters and he went... There's Texas, and there's Arlington, Texas, so I'm going to make my way down over here to Arlington, Texas. And those of you who thought, man, a, a friend invited me to the Grace Place Church, well, what happened was is God actually gathered you here tonight, and he came all the way to Texas to the Grace Place Church this Christmas Eve, December the 24th, 2016, because he wanted to bring you peace because he said, son, daughter, I don't expect you, and I don't want you to carry the weight of this world on your own. I never intended you to do that. I actually intended you to turn your ways towards me because when you're with me, life is always so much better because I want to bring my good news. And by the way, he says to you tonight, good news is here, and it's staring you in the face. And I want to bring peace to everything in your life because check it out. Peace allows you to think with a clear mind. Man, have you just, have you ever had stuff going on where it's just so crazy and you were thinking, I don't know what to do. You got all these voices, everybody saying stuff and all. Shh. Peace. And when peace comes, you think with a clear mind. You say the right thing. You do the right thing. All of a sudden, when peace enters your heart, man, bitterness can start to go away. And peace helps you to love those who really hurt you. And not only does peace help you to love those that hurt you, peace helps you to forgive those who hurt you. Peace lets you to find grace in your heart. I was talking to somebody this last week, and uh, they were sharing with me uh, some very personal things, somebody that I really love, some very personal things that were going on in their life. And, man, it was crazy. I was thinking to myself, man, I don't wish that kind of stuff, those kind of burdens, that kind of darkness that can hover over someone's life. I don't wish those things on my worst enemy. I don't. 
And I had been preparing for this Christmas service and all I kept thinking in my heart was, man, this person, they need Christmas. They need Christmas. They need Jesus of Christmas. They need the good news in their life. They need the peace of this good news in their life. And I began to think to myself and I told this person, I said, listen, can I tell you something? There is not a person in this planet that could ever walk through this world. Listen, with that heavy stuff or stuff that you would consider lighter, there's not a person in this world that can walk through this life and not be broken down and busted up without the good news and peace in their life. It's absolutely impossible. God never designed us to live life like that. It was impossible for you and I to carry it alone. Absolutely impossible. Is it becoming clear to you why we titled this Christmas and Me? Do you understand how personal this story is? Christmas and me. Not only does Christmas bring us this great gift of the good news, it brings us this incredible gift called peace. There's another gift that God brings us because of this Christmas season that comes along with this good news. Here it is, joy. They write songs about it, preach sermons about it, got funny sayings about it. We say it can do all kinds of things for you. But here's the deal. Joy is the gospel message of Jesus Christ for every believer that encounters the good news. The Bible says in Luke 2.10, but the angel said to them, don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause what? Great joy for all the people. I mean, can you imagine it? If you were just looking at absolute darkness and no joy and no good news and people burdened down by life, no hope. And good news came, and for the first time, people experienced and felt joy. Think about your life. Think about your life. Think about the first time you tasted joy. It tasted good. It was like, oh, wow. I remember my, um, my daughter. She is five years old, Eliana. When she was born, we brought her home from the hospital, and my wife and I would just sit for hours in the living room. You've probably done the same thing with your kids and just stare at her. I mean, there was, there was no Facebook message or no Facebook feed or no drama on Facebook that could peel our attention away from our daughter. There was nothing good on the news, nothing good on TV, but it was just that little girl that we just sat there and we stared at in the silence. We really had no words for the emotions that we were feeling, but all, all that was going on was just joy was just overflowing our souls and our hearts and our eyes were shining and grinning ear to ear with a smile. I mean, it was unbelievable. Still, when I put my daughter to bed at night, I just stare at her little face and just being face to face with her. The, the joy that is transmitted between her and I is unbelievable. I, it just, it does something for me. When you're face to face with the creator of the heavens and the earth, and you are with the Lord in an intimate way. His joy oversees earthly joy in a way that you can never imagine. It can do things for you that a thousand sermons could never do, that a hundred Hail Marys, if you're Catholic, could ever do for you. Just look one look into the face of Jesus. Man, the joy that can enter your life is unbelievable. The story of Christmas brings that unexplainable joy to the hearts of humanity every Christmas. Every 
everyone needs joy to help get through life. You can pick the best Christian you know. Think about him. Billy Graham. T.D. Jakes. What, who is your favorite preachers out there? I don't know who your favorite preachers are. Mike Benson. <laughs> Trust me, y'all. I know how to brown nose enough to keep my job and get a raise every once in a while. <clears throat> Mother Teresa. I, I don't know what Christian that you put way up there and you esteem them. But even that list of people without true joy and without the good news in their life, there's no way that they can make it through the hard times of this world and not crumble. Absolutely, 100% impossible. Finally, we're talking about Christmas and me. We're talking about this good news and the peace that comes with the joy. The final gift that comes along with this good news is the word hope. Hope. I mean, we hear these songs, during, these words and these songs during Christmas all the time. Hope. First Peter 1 says, As praise be to God and our Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, in his great mercy he has given us a new birth. Listen, that new birth, here's what that's really talking about. That's talking about, listen, the day that you came face to face with the good news, this Christmas story, the day that you came face to face with that, you had a new birth. And because of that new birth, there's something that came along with that. That new birth, a living hope came to you because of what Jesus did on the cross for you and I. A new hope came. Because we received this good news, we have a new hope. Hope is like this. Hope is like, we don't really know about this because our weather patterns have been like all over the map here in Texas. But hope is like this. After a long, gloomy, cloudy, bitter, cold winter, dark winter, you haven't seen the sun shine in all its glory all season long. And you walk outside in the morning and to your sudden surprise, the clouds are gone. And you can see a blue sky for the first time in a really long time. And your heart jumps inside of you. And you're just thinking to yourself, yes, there's the sun. There's the blue skies. There's no more clouds. I'm going to take this, this heavy stuff off. I'm going to put my T-shirt on. I'm going to put my swimsuit on. And I'm going to go jump in the lake. It is a good day to dance. It is a good day to be under the sun because the clouds are gone. That's what your soul does when it experiences hope. When your soul tastes hope for the first time, it says within you, it's not like, listen, this is not kooky stuff, all right? You don't hear voices in your head, okay? This is just stuff that you feel in your heart. I just want to make that clear. But your soul says inside of you, it says, I haven't felt this way in a long time. I haven't felt this light inside myself in a really long time. I can't really explain it, but because of this good news and this peace in my heart and this joy overflowing, I feel a hope inside of me. The skies are blue, and there's something different about me. I can't put words to it. I don't understand it, and I really can't even explain it. But there's something about this hope that has just come up inside of me, and it feels so good. Hope. Hope. What amazing gifts this Christmas story brings to you and I. Listen, folks, this is a whole lot bigger than you worrying about Merry Christmas or Happy Holidays. This is about the good news of Jesus Christ that came down to lift off a burden to all of mankind who could never do it on their own to bring you good news, peace, joy, hope. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that fun? 
I'm going to close with this story. During World War II, six pilots took off from an aircraft carrier in the North Atlantic to scout some enemy submarines. While they were all gone, the captain of the carrier was forced to issue a blackout alarm. The ship went into total darkness. When the pilots tried to return to land, they could not find the ship. They radioed the ship. They said, give us some light. We're coming home. The ship's radio operator replied, order blackout. I cannot give you light. As each pilot heard this message, they desperately radioed back that same message. Just give me some light and I'll make it. I can land. I just need a little light. Each time, the operator had to radio back. No light. No light. No light. No light. Because there was no light on that ship, six young pilots went to their graves in the icy North Atlantic. Folks, we live in a very dark world that desperately needs the light of Jesus. They need the light turned on in their life. And they need to be able to understand and see this Christmas story. And you and I, maybe some people in this room tonight, need to understand that the Son of God, that little baby wrapped up in the manger, he is the light of the world. And this Christmas story brought light to a world that was in a state of absolute blackout. And this good news that brings peace, joy, and hope can be yours today. The Christmas story in me, it can be yours Our walk away today is this. I can make this story a tradition or I can make it my testimony. This Christmas story is for me. When we hear the gospel message like this, the ball is just simply in our courts. I want you to understand that on this Christmas Eve, as you interact with the Christmas story, this can be your story. I want you to know that I understand that people misrepresent the gospel all the time, especially if you're here today and maybe you were raised in church and you haven't been back for a really long time, or if you're here today and maybe you've never been to church before. I know, I know how, I know, listen, I'm a person. Now, I've said a lot of dumb things. I know how crazy people can be at times. And I understand people can misrepresent the gospel. Could I tell you what? When you read the gospel for yourself, Jesus doesn't misrepresent what he came to do. He came to bring life into your world and peace into your world. I want to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes tonight. I want to ask you a question. Would you like to receive this good news today? You can do that simply by surrendering your heart to Jesus and receiving this good news. Just like I told you today in this message, when you do that and you surrender your heart to him, this wonderful gift of the good news will bring that peace to your life, it will bring joy to your life, and it will bring hope to your life. Listen, we receive that good news simply by putting our faith in Jesus Christ, that baby in a manger, and believing that he was the son of God and that he died on the cross for our sins. Listen, the reason for Jesus' death on the cross is because a payment, the Bible says, is required for every sin. 
And that's why Jesus stepped in on this gloomy day for you. Look, he paid for your sins on the cross. He did for you what no man could ever do for you. He literally took our place in his death. It would be like this. It would be like you walking up to heaven on judgment day and you got your bag of sins all standing up here. uh, and uh, You can't even count them because there's so many. It'd be like you coming up with all your sins and God ready to look at your sins and give you the sentence and Jesus pushing you to the side and saying, no, Father, that one, he doesn't have to pay for his. He did all that. I'll pay for all that for him. I did. I paid for that. That's what Jesus has done for you and I. You can have that hope today. You can do that but by what we call the sinner's prayer. Now you call it the winner's prayer. That's probably more appropriate. All this simply is, is you acknowledging all of these things that I've just spoken about. And you accepting Jesus Christ into your heart today. And as your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed, I want to ask you a question. If you want to answer yes to this question, you'll know when I want you to raise your hand, you'll, you'll understand that time. The question for you today is, do you want to receive this good news? Simple yes or no. I want you to consider what your life is like now and what it could be like with peace joy and hope this is the most important decision you will ever make while you breathe on this earth when I count to three if you say yes Sean I want this good news I want to receive Jesus Christ into my heart and I want this peace hope and this joy that you're talking about when I count to three I want you to raise your hand saying yes I want this I'm at one if that's you in here today he, the, the Savior came a long way to come all the way into this building to talk to you tonight I'm at two he's a personal God he wants to know you he wants to bring things for you that this earth will never bring I'm at three if you want that good news in your life and you've never had it lift up your hand all over this building anybody want the good news Raise your hand. I don't want to embarrass anybody in this room. Say, I need the good news. Thank you so much over here. Anybody else? I want the good news in my life. Thank you over here in the back. Two over here in the back. Anybody else say, I have never encountered the good news, and I want the good news. I want it. Anybody? Raise your hand if that's you. Say, yes, I want the good news. There's about four people who raised their hands today. Would we all stand on our feet tonight? Would you all say this prayer with me? Listen, the Bible says for the four of you that raise your hand that all the heaven breaks out in a party when they see one of God's sons and daughters respond to this good news. And you did that tonight. And so we are excited for you and we celebrate with heaven with you. What a a great day. Listen, let's say this prayer before we start celebrating. So in our religious way, we can seal the deal. Listen, this is not a magical prayer. Um, You'll wake up tomorrow and you'll still feel like you but you'll feel like you with hope, peace, and joy. Let's say this together. Dear God, I thank you for this good news. I receive you as my personal Lord and Savior. I want to turn from my ways and want to live for you. Thank you for the good news. Thank you for taking my place on the cross and doing for me what no person could ever do. Jesus, you are my Lord and my Savior in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. Will you guys give a shout and tell the Lord, thank you, Lord, because some people receive that hope, that joy, and that peace. Pastor Landon, can we come and take some communion? Amen. What a powerful word we heard tonight. Amen.